Texas. It is good to see all of you here this afternoon. Hope that you've had a had a good day. It's been a really good day around here. Had our uh, senior adult Christmas lunch at lunch today, and that was really good. Got to see many of your faces. Brother Kim, Miss Mary did a really good job of that, and um, just had a had a really good time. I was a little late coming in. It was an exciting, exciting little time coming in. We had a we had somebody in your congregation, literally in your congregation right here, get saved this afternoon. Somebody's y'all. 78-year-old Brother John Settle, back there in the back this afternoon, trusted, trusted Christ as his Lord and Savior. And Jesus is Lord. Jesus saved him. It's an amazing, amazing thing. I told him he's a little baby. We're going to have a baby in the sanctuary tonight, so it's, it's a good thing. Guys, God still saves. God is still in the saving business. We don't give up. We continue to we continue to tell people, and we continue to bring people, we continue to invite people, we continue to love people the way the Holy Spirit desires us to, the way He commands us to in His Word, and let God do the rest. We say, hey, I don't know what to say, I don't know what to do. We don't supposed to. We're supposed to simply be His hands and His feet and just get out of His way and let God be God. So, um... This evening, uh, God doesn't have to make sense. Last week we talked about when God doesn't make sense. And you know, so often in our lives, God does not make sense. He calls on us. He asks us to do things that, that we look at Him. Remember we looked at Mary and Joseph and Zechariah. The angel came to all three of them. And there were different responses. And there in the end of um, Mary's response there to the angel, it says... May it be done to me according to the word of the Lord. And the angel departed from her. Guys, God's ways do not always make sense to us. Over in Isaiah, just listen. It says, it says For my thoughts are not your thoughts, nor are, my, nor are your ways my ways, declares the Lord. For as the heavens are higher than the earth, so are my ways higher than your ways, and my thoughts then your thoughts, God does not have to make sense. God doesn't, God doesn't have to come to us and get our permission. He doesn't have to say, hey, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to put all these pieces of the puzzle together and it's just going to be perfectly clear and here's your road map from A to Z, go follow it. We know that's not how the Christian journey works. We know that's not how faith works. God allows trials to come into our life. God allows difficulties to come in our life to stretch us, to test us, to mold us, to make us into His hands and His feet, into His image, into His, his ambassadors, into His spokespersons. And, and you know, we just simply do that. We speak on behalf of the one who can save. We speak on behalf of the one who can do all things, who can convert the soul, draw sinners from death to life. We speak on behalf of Him. That's all we do. We don't have to understand it. We don't have to know it all. We don't see the, we don't see the whole blueprint. I've explained it. You'll hear me explain it so often. The best way I know how to explain it is we see, we see boxcar at a time. You ever get it to the railroad tracks? You know when you get to the railroad track, what do you see? You see boxcar, boxcar, wood, milk, oil, lumber, pick a boxcar at a time, boxcar, 
boxcar, boxcar. But what does God see? God sees the engine and He sees the caboose. He sees on down the road. He sees what? He sees tracks so far back. He sees the beginning from the end. Yet we here see it today. Today. Moment by moment. And we're told to trust Him. We're told to walk by faith and not by sight. Trust in the Lord with all your heart. Don't lean on your own understanding and all your ways. Acknowledge Him and He'll make your path straight. He'll direct your path. He'll give you guidance. He'll give you exactly what you need in that very moment. He'll, he'll give us the words to say in that very moment. Period. Boxcar. Right now, here I am in front of this person or this situation or this trial or this event or this, this whatever this is that we see. And our question so often is, why God? Who are we to say why God? But it's okay to say why God. He understands our weakness. He understands our frame. He understands our limitations. He understands. And the cool thing about boxcar at a time God is God knew when He saved me and you that I'd ask why. He knew when He saved me and you that we would ask why and we'd worry, we'd doubt, we'd fear, we'd run, we'd hide, we'd be scared, we'd be timid. We'd jump out and we'd make a big old mess of things. He knew all of that and you know what He still did? He still saved us. He still made us His very own. He still did what only God could do. Isn't that an amazing thing? Isn't that awesome to know that, that even though God knew today I'd mess up, He still loved me enough to, to save me. Even though, you know, tomorrow's boxcar is coming and tomorrow's moments will come and next week's moments will come and we forget, here's what we forget, Satan, Satan reminds us of useless things and things that don't edify or build up. Satan reminds us, remember how you messed up yesterday? You had this opportunity and you failed. And here God swings the door wide open again today. And here's this opportunity. And Satan whispers, you failed yesterday. You were scared yesterday. You, were, you didn't come through yesterday. What makes you think you're going to come through today? And yet, the door swung open again today. God saw me fail yesterday. And for many, the day before, and be honest, sometimes even the day before that. And yet here He is today, giving me another opportunity to be used by Him. What an amazing God we serve. What an amazing thought that I mess up and I promised him that I wouldn't. I promised him I would do better. And I still messed up back then. And here I am again with another opportunity to be used by the God of this universe. How good is he? How awesome is he? How sweet is he? Y'all, let's go to the Lord and pray. Father God, help us. Help us see you don't supposed to make sense. You don't, you don't supposed to fit in our box. You don't supposed to fit our calendar and our schedule and our fit our strengths and those 
areas of comfort that we just naturally have, Lord. You don't, you don't have to do it the way we think you ought to do it. And that's okay. Lord, forgive us for playing God. That's what we are. When we, when, we, when we try to put you in a box and when we try to make you the God that fits our schedule and our calendar and our definition of you, Lord, that is so off the mark. Lord, forgive us. God, but thank you for a brand new day. Thank you for another opportunity. Thank you for today's boxcar, today's moment, today's opportunity of somebody standing here before us that we get to simply love, we get to simply share truth with, that we simply get to be your hands and feet one more time. Thank you, Lord. God, help us to be bold. We, we pray that. We seriously hunger for boldness. We pray for passion, not fear. We pray for a, a spirit that will move forward, a spirit that nudges us and not just nudges us, but drags us toward you and the things that edify and honor and glorify you. Help us, Lord. In Jesus' name. Amen. Go with me over to Luke. We're going to look at several places. I may just reference them as I run you through them tonight. When God doesn't make sense, but He's not supposed to make sense. He doesn't, but He's not supposed to. See, see, that's the thing. I don't understand you, so I'm not going to do what you tell me to do. I'm not going to. Un- I, I don't understand the outcome. I I don't know how it's going to feel. What are they going to say? How are they going to? How's it going to be received? I asked my brother right before we walked out of the office, can I share it with the room? And you know what he said? Sure. He said something funny. He said, well, we'll just see how it works. <laughs> how did it work, brother? They were pretty excited. Praise God. That's how it works. When we get out of the way and we just let God be God and we just go and do the, what He's telling us to do and nudging us to do and, and pushing us to do, just do it. Notice here Mary. Look at what Mary does. This, this is kind of what it looks like. He doesn't have to make sense. He doesn't have to fit our schedule. He doesn't have to fit our picture of what... Well, the God I would want to serve would make us do things that only feel comfortable. Yeah. That's not God of the Bible. In Luke chapter 1, Mary said, verse 38, And Mary said, Behold, the bond slave of the Lord, may it be done to me according to your word. And the angel departed from her. So here we sit. Here is a moment that we see in Scripture. We don't know the time frame again. Scripture don't always say, like, who is it? SpongeBob. Not SpongeBob. Yes, SpongeBob. Six hours later. You know how SpongeBob will come on and he'll say something like that. You grandparents know what I mean, and your parents know exactly what I mean. God don't give us a time frame. But here Mary was told something very important, something radical, something so far fetched, something so out there, something that's just unbelievable. And what does she do with it? I mean, how often does God tell us to tell us something? How often does God lay something on our heart and lead us? And, 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 and do we sit down on it? 
What do we do with when God says, when God says, hey, you got to talk to somebody? What do you do with that? Well, let's wait on God to tell me again. Let's wait on angel number two. Let's wait on Gabriel's backup. Let's let's wait and see if he explains it another time. Because we got Jonah. We love Jonah, yeah, because we love the God of second chances. We love the, when are you going to preach that second chance sermon, preacher? So we can see how God used Jonah and found him. And yeah, he had, he had to go his own way and he hit rock bottom, but yeah, we serve a good God. Yeah, look at what she did immediately. Now at that time, Mary arose and went in a hurry to the hill country. She got up and ran to to Elizabeth. She got up and ran. She got up and ran away. She got up and did it. Why did she go? Because she believed what was said. She believed what was going on. Keep reading it. And entered the house of Zechariah and greeted Elizabeth. And when Elizabeth heard Mary's greeting, the baby leaped in her womb. This is John the Baptist. Before, before Elizabeth could speak, the Holy Spirit was already speaking through the prophet John the Baptist. He was already leaping inside of his mama's womb. He leaped in her womb and she cried out with a loud voice and said, Blessed are you among women and blessed is the fruit of your womb. And and how has it happened to me that the mother of my Lord would come to me? For behold, when the sound of your greeting reached my ears, the baby leaped in my womb for joy. Look at verse 45. And blessed is she who believed that there would be a fulfillment of what had been spoken to her by the Lord. You're blessed because you believed God was going to do what He said He was going to do. You're blessed because you obeyed. You're blessed because you got up and you went. You got up and you acted. You got up and, and you didn't doubt. You didn't sit around and wait. You simply heard, I hear you, I'm going to respond. Throughout Scripture, we have, we, have, we have individuals who respond correctly, and we have individuals who respond incorrectly. Jonah, we know, runs the other way. Go to Nineveh. Nope, I'm going to Tarshish. People sitting in churches all the day long running to Tarshish still. Churches are full of people sitting in the pews. They're actually in the bellies of ships. They're actually in the belly of whales, but they're sitting in pews. And they're running. Because God said, God said do something and you're like, I'm going to sit right here. You don't have to make sense. You don't have to fit our schedule. He doesn't have to fit in what we are doing. I just put a bunch of stickies here in the very beginning. You don't have to turn there. Just listen. God, I, I use these all the time. I'm going, I promise you, we'll get to a new year and we'll transition out of them. God told Noah to go to build a boat. There hadn't even been rain yet. There had not even been rain yet. Look at Genesis chapter 6. God said, look, I want you to build a big old boat. And you can only imagine that Noah went, what is a boat? And when he saw a boat, he had a really bad misunderstanding of what boat is. Because he thought... He thought boat unlike what we think boat. You think boat, you think of a 12-footer or a 15-footer or an 18-footer or a big boat. No, Noah got an ark. 
And look at chapter 6, verse 22. Thus Noah did according to all that God commanded him. So he did it. Made no sense. Didn't have to. It, it, it was illogical, irrational. It was just, it was out of the box. It was, it was never heard of before. Nobody else in Noah's community was doing it. Nobody else in Noah's circle of Friday and Saturday night friends were doing it. Nobody was doing ark building when Noah was called on by the God of this universe to say, Hey, I need you to build an ark. And I want you to put two of every animal on the face of the earth. I want them on that boat. And Noah just got to doing what God said. Do. Irrational. It made no sense. But he just did it. And we see, we see before that that God looked down and he was angry at the world. The world had gone mad. Every, every intent. The Bible says every intent of man's heart was evil. Period. There was, no, there was no even, there was no sense of sanity on the world. Me was the center of the universe. And God looked down and he was ready to zap it. But Noah found favor and found grace in the eyes of the Lord. Praise God. What if? What if? Just what if? What if Noah would have said, no, you need to get another ark builder. <laughs> Sorry, you're it. Begs the question. Begs the question. You need to get somebody else to do that. Mm -mm. You need to get somebody else to go there. You need to get somebody else to take that task. You need to get somebody else to take that assignment. No. You're it. Don't have to make sense. Genesis 12. Genesis 12. You know where I'm going. Abraham. Abraham. Abraham was not doing, not doing anything except living on the face of the earth. He was a pagan. He wasn't doing anything to really get God's attention. But God came. Now the Lord said to Abram, Go forth from your country. And from your relatives, and from your father's house, to a land that I'll show you. And I'll make you a great nation, and I'll bless you, and make your name great. And so you shall be a blessing, and I'll bless those who bless you, and I'll curse those who curse you. And in you, all the families of the earth will be blessed. Can you imagine? Abram had been on the earth for, what, 90 years or so. Never heard this one before. You're going to make me a great nation? Who in the world? He could have laughed back in God's face. Are you kidding me? So many people hear it just that clear. It may not be audible. But they hear it just that clear. Makes that little sense. Leave your family. Leave your job. Leave your business. Leave your home. Leave your family. Leave your Parents leave everything that makes you, everything that makes you who you are. And go. That's not, that's a messed up God that would ask somebody to do that. Right? Look at what Abram did. Verse 4. So 
Abram went forth as the Lord had spoken. Church, you don't have to make sense. You don't have to fit in our box. You don't have to be that cute package that we understand He's God. You don't have to earn the right. We don't, he, don't have to, he don't have to get to a point to where we respect Him enough or trust Him enough. He just is, period, worthy of our one act, and that is obedience. He don't have to explain anything. He don't have to break it down. He just has to simply say, Go. Turn over a few pages. Look at 22. I love 22. Genesis 22. Remember that baby? Abram and Sarah has a baby. Your son, your only son. Your son, your only son. Your son, your only son. And go sacrifice him. It don't make sense, but he don't have to. It makes no sense, but he don't have to. Example after example of, of a God who, you know, I, I get leaving my family, I get leaving my home, I get, I get building a boat. I'm, I'm pretty busy here, I'm an old man, I, I, I'm kind of tired. They're going to laugh at me. They're going to make fun of me. They're going to call me names. When I go drink coffee with the guys Thursday morning, I promise you, they're going to be making jokes about me when I walk in. Sometimes it's worse than building a boat. Sometimes it's worse than leaving everything that makes you who you are. Genesis 22 is like, I need you to give it all to me. I need you to give it all to me. <laughs> no. I'll give you what I'm... I'll, I'll, I'll give you... I've done it before. I think every preacher has done it before. Broke down the time we give God on a Sunday. If you just take all the hours in a year and you break down, okay, if you're a super church member, you go Sunday morning, Sunday night, Wednesday night, you're like super duper... Mm, you're John the Baptist church member today if you go that many times. If you give God three hours a day, you are rock star, front seat Christian. But if you do the math and the numbers on that, and we pat our backs, we pat ourselves on the back for a pretty pathetic number. We spend a lot more time watching football games and fussing about football games and pick. Your vice, pick your poison. I want you to give me everything. Hmm. You don't have to make sense. 22, Genesis 22. Now it came about after these things that God tested Abraham and said to him, Abraham, and he said, here am I, here I am. And he said, take now your son, your only son. I think he says your only son. We understand why he says your only son. Because God is saying, I want everything. 
That's what I want from you. That's how much commitment I want from you. That's how much dedication I want from you. That's how, that's how much service I, I'm asking from you. And I don't have to give you any reasons why. I want your only son. I want you to take your son, your only son, whom you love. It's like your son, your only son, whom you love. And Abraham's like, I know who you're talking about, Isaac. And go to the land of Moriah and offer him there as a burnt offering on one of the mountains of which I'll show you. <laughs> Couldn't you be a little more specific? Because <laughs> there's people that look at that verse and say, I ain't going because he didn't tell me where to go. Excuse after excuse after excuse. Verse 3. I don't get him. But this is what it looks like. You don't have to make sense. You don't have to make sense, church. So Abraham rose early in the morning and saddled the donkey and took two of his young men with him and Isaac, his son, and they split the wood. You know the rest of the story. I love it. I could, that could be preached every Sunday. Another situation, it's another event, another one of those. Burning bush, Moses, I want you to go. I ain't going. I want you to go. I can't speak. I want you to go. Send somebody else. I want you to go. What will they say? I want you to go. He's going to laugh at me. I want you to go. Don't be that. How many, how many Jonas are running in churches? How many Jonas are... Uh, we're, we're content. We're, we're content. There's so many people sitting in churches. They're in the bottom of... They're in the belly of whales in pews. I look like everybody else. I sit. I, he told me to stand up four times tonight. I sung four songs. and He prayed and I, I prayed. I bowed my head. I looked like everybody else. I did what y'all told me to do. In the belly of a well. Running from a specific call from God. Specific task. Specific nudging. Clear as a whistle. Excuse after excuse after excuse after excuse. Go to Deuteronomy. Deuteronomy chapter 11. We know what they say in Deuteronomy 6. Deuteronomy 6, teach these words, let these words be on your mouth. Talk about them when you walk, talk about them all these times. Notice this. It's interesting, very interesting. I saw this this afternoon. Probably seen it before, but I forget a lot of things. God lets me forget, so when I read it again, it's like, wow, you're amazing. As if it was just written for me. Verse 11, chapter 11, Deuteronomy chapter 11, start at verse 1. You shall therefore love the Lord your God and always keep His charge, His statutes, His ordinances, and His commandments. Very, what you're about to hear is a very echoey, almost copycat of what we read in 6. But notice what, notice what he says in verse 2. Because here's what happens in this room and in rooms just like this every 
Wednesday. We walk out the door and say, man, I wish so-and-so was here. I wish, I wish so-and-so would have heard that one. That's a good sermon. They needed that one. That was a good one. I'm glad they were here. I hear that all the time. That was a good sermon. I'm glad so-and-so was in attendance. You ever said that one? But notice what he says. Notice verse, verse 2. Know this day that I am not speaking with your sons who have not known or who have not seen the discipline of the Lord your God. His greatness, His mighty hand, His outstretched arm, and His signs and His wonders which He did in the midst of Egypt. To Pharaoh, the king of Egypt, and to all the land. And what he did in Egypt's army, and to the horses and his chariots, when he made the water of the Red Sea to engulf them while they were pursuing you. And the Lord completely destroyed them. And what he did to you in the wilderness until you came to this place. And what he did to Dathan and Abram, the sons of Eliab, the sons of Reuben, when the earth opened up its mouth and swallowed them, their households, their tents, and every living thing that followed them among all Israel. But your own eyes have seen all the great works of the Lord which He did. I'm not telling your kids this. I'm telling you this because you saw what God has done. Tonight, church... Everybody hasn't seen your box car today. Everybody didn't see yesterday's box car or the day before's box car, but you did. You remember how faithful God was yesterday? You remember how good God was the day before yesterday? You remember how that time you, was, you were sick and your loved one was sick and God just absolutely showed out and blowed your mind? You remember that? Or you, you remember that time that, that you doubted and you feared and yet you stepped out on faith anyway and God was a, an amazing God and took your little bitty effort and blew your mind with it. You remember that time? And oh yeah, what about the time before that? And the time before that? And the time before that? He's talking to each one of us specifically and saying, hey, hey you, hey you, not them, not her back over yonder, not your spouse, hey you, you remember me, how I did that? Verse 8, you shall therefore keep every commandment which I am commanding you today so that you may be strong and go in to possess the land into which you are about to cross to possess it so that you may prolong your days on the land which the Lord swore to your fathers and gave them to you into their descendants to a land flowing with milk and honey. The land into which you are entering to possess it, it is not like the land of Egypt 
from which you came from, where you used to sow your seed and water it with your foot like a vegetable garden, but the land into which you were about to cross to possess it, a land of hills and valleys, drinks water from the rain of heaven. A land for which the Lord your God cares. The eyes of the Lord your God are always on it from the beginning even to the end of the year. Guys, God don't have to make sense. He just says, hey, you, I need you to go do this and watch me. Be me. I need you to just obey. You don't have to make sense. He's God. You don't have to win us over. You know how He won us over. We're still here. Long suffering, mercy, patience, goodness. <laughs> he gave me. He gave me today after yesterday? Are you kidding me? If I was God, I'd have never let me to get today. I'd have, I'd have never, if I was God, I'd have never gave me that beautiful sunrise after the mess up I was yesterday. If you were God, you'd have never showed the grace that our God shows. Because yesterday, yesterday the sunrise was beautiful. The rainbows were beautiful. The, 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 it, was, it was glorious. It was so magnificent. And His glory was shown throughout the whole universe. And the, everything out there praised His name. And there we stood and said, I hear you, but no. You ain't getting today. How in the world, church, can we say no to that God? How in the world can we say, Lord, you gotta, you gotta make it easier. Take the ark situation. Too much boat to build. Make the boat smaller. Let the rain come first. Let everybody in the community see the need for the boat. And then I'll go in the boat building business. But until then, I am not doing nothing so that everybody in the whole town will think I'm a crazy person for building something that's never been needed on the earth. That's what we do. I ain't leaving everything I know. I worked hard for this. I'm not leaving my family. I'm not leaving my home. I'm not leaving my job. Do you know how much insurance costs? I, 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 am, I am somebody where I'm at. And I'm almost here, Lord. There's no way. I have worked all these years to get where I'm at. There's a guy in the Bible built some barns too and said, look what I did. It doesn't end well. He don't have to make sense. He's owed one thing. Obedience. He is owed one thing. 
hey, you, I need your son, your only son, whom you love. I want everything. Why? What made the son so important? Because that's where the line came. That's where the rest of the story came. God, this don't make sense. <laughs> You're asking me to kill him? If, he's the only one. Where is the line? Where does the Messiah come? Where it, God, that just doesn't work. You don't have to. Abraham got up and he saddled his donkey and he cut the wood. And he loaded the kid. Who wasn't a, wasn't a baby kid, he was a big kid. <laughs> take Abraham and his age, take that kid. It's, it's like Brother Ken working out there hauling wood with Hamilton. It just ain't going to work, Ken. I get you, brother, but it ain't going to work. I mean, geometry ain't on his side. That's kind of what Abraham did. He said, look. And what did he do? Isaac just obeyed. So much is that. God don't have to make sense. Chapel Hill Baptist Church. I'll quit saying this one day. You want to see revival happen? You want to see transformation happen? You want to see lives beginning to change? You want to see rebirth? You want to see born againness? You want to see miracle happen in the presence? Take all that and all that showed up on Sunday's boxcar and all that showed up on last Wednesday's boxcar and all that showed up on the Sunday before that's boxcar and all that and just put that thread together and see the common truth that's sown in it all. And watch what God starts to do. It doesn't, it doesn't come through a man. It doesn't come through a family. It doesn't come through a team. If my people who will call by my name will humble themselves, seek my face, then God will show out. Then God will show out. I, I started to read this, started to preach this. I, don't, I didn't. I only had them stickies tonight. We'll do this one in a later time. But I want you to go somewhere. Go to Acts. What's it look like, preacher? What's it look like? Acts 2, 42. What's, what's, what's the end game? Where are we going? Where are we going? I'll take you to two places. I'll start here. Acts 2.42, they were continually devoting themselves to the apostles' teaching and to fellowship and to the breaking of bread and to prayer. Everyone kept feeling a sense of awe and wonder. And many wonders and signs were taking place to the apostles and all those who had believed were together and had all things in common. And they began selling their property and possessions and were sharing them with all and as 
as anyone might have need, day by day continuing with one mind in the temple and breaking bread from house to house. They were taking their meals together with gladness and sincerity of heart, praising God and having favor with all the people. And the Lord was adding to their number day by day those who were being saved. Who added God? Who did the work God? Look at Ephesians. Ephesians and I'm praying. Ephesians and I'm praying. Ephesians 4. 11. How long? How long? And he gave some as apostles and some as prophets and some as evangelists and some as pastors and teachers for the equipping of the saints for the work of service to the building up of the body of Christ until, how long do we do this? Until what? Until we all attain to the unity of the faith. You see that one? Unity. I asked the senior adults at lunch today to take their mask off and go around the room and say their names. I don't know you. I don't know you. Been here, what, two months, two and a half months or so? I don't know you. You look unified, but is there unity? I don't know if there's schisms. I don't know if there's fractions. I don't know if there's power struggles. I don't know if, I don't know if you guys sit over there because you don't like them or what. I don't know. I don't know if some sit down front because they know the group in the back will be long gone before they ever get out and don't have to see them. I don't know, but the Bible says there's got to be unity. You look it. You stand up when we say stand up, and you turn the Bible when I say turn the Bible, and you, when I run my eyes around, which you've learned by now to wake up, or I'll, I will throw something at you. I will. If you ain't turned that by now, I will throw something at you. So you know that, hey, when he goes over there, he's coming back over here. Wake up, wake up, he's coming. Oh, there he is. I don't know, you look like you're playing the part. Unity. That's a God thing. That's not a preacher manufactured thing. That's a Spirit of God created thing. Unity. Till we all attain to the unity of faith and the knowledge of the Son of God to a mature man, matureness. Spiritual matureness. When I was a kid, I thought I was a kid. I acted like a kid. I did kidish things. But when I became a man, I put away childish things. And I started becoming an adult. To the measure of the stature which belongs to the fullness of Christ. As a result, we are no longer to be children tossed here and there. By waves and carried about by every wind and doctrine, by the trickery of men, by craftiness and deceitfulness, but speaking the truth in love, we're to grow up. Look at this word, all aspects. And he gave some to be apostles. To get to this point, till there's a, till there's a growing up, a maturing of all aspects. And to him who is the head, even Christ, from whom the whole body, being fitted and held together by what every joint supplies, according to the proper working to each individual part. You can't hide. You're eventually going to have to come out of hiding. 
You eventually, every part, every one of you parts is eventually going to have to come out of hiding, whether you're in the belly of a whale or whether you're just on vacation. Every part's got to do its part. And you say, well, I'm just visiting. There's a lot of folks visit. Just keep visiting. I just keep on visiting. Hey, we need you to do your part. Now I'm a visitor. Hey, I, I need you to help. Now I'm just visiting. Hey, I need you to surrender. Now I'm just visiting. This ain't my church. You have no authority over me. That's taking that God and saying, no, ain't nobody. you can't tell me what to do. You want to see God do amazing things? Get out of the way. You want to see God blow your your way? Get out of the way. You want to see God show out? Get out of the way. I want you to go home with this thought. You know what God wants? He wants your, your son, your only son, the son you love. He wants everything. Father God in heaven, we are weak, but God, we are willing. God, you blessed us with another amazing boxcar today, Lord. Thank you for the opportunity we had to shine for you. Thank you for the conversations, for the for the sweet times, Lord. Thank you for, for the day, for the breath, for the meals, for the, for the interactions. Thank you for the sun, Lord. And God, if you see fit to give us another one, give us another opportunity to run strong for you. God, today maybe we, we missed a few. Today, Lord, we were scared. Today, we, we didn't really take advantage. Today, several doors were swung wide open. And instead of jumping through... We were scared. We thought somebody else would jump through it. We thought you were talking to somebody else. Lord, we thought you would send somebody else. But Lord, as we sit here, we see that, no, you were talking to us. God, if you see fit, give us another opportunity tomorrow. Lord, we want to grow up in all aspects. We want to be unified. We want to... Lord, I pray in the name of Jesus, Lord, if there is a spirit of disunity, discord, if there's a bitterness, if there's a jealousy and enviness, if there's, a, if there's hatred from one side or the other that I know nothing about, God, I pray in the name of Jesus, I never have to hear about it, but God, you would heal the hearts of your people, Lord. I pray that if there's bitterness and God, if there's fear, if there's malice, if there's jealousy, if there's, if there's stuff going on here in this church, Lord, move it, God. Get it out of here, Lord. Move it out. And God, replace it with those, with, with what builds up, which edifies, which, which God brings you honor, which pleases you, Lord. For we rebuke Satan. The body of Christ joins together in, in unity in saying, Satan, you are, you are defeated. You are rebuked in Jesus' name. Not in our power, but in His power. In His authority. In His holiness. In His, in his resurrection. In His, You are His footstool. You are defeated in Jesus' name. God, protect us. Keep the evil one from us. Protect every family, Lord. Protect every marriage. Protect every husband. Protect every wife. Every son, every daughter. And Lord, as we go out those doors, give us safety. Let us rest well. So tomorrow we'll run well for you. In Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Night, night, y'all. Have a great week. See you Sunday. Sunday. <laughs>